Welcome to the Daily Doug Podcast. I'm your host, Daily Doug, and this is the first pilot episode here of my podcasting. I'm really excited to get this going. I've thought about it, dreamt about it, wanted to do it for a very long time, so I'm very excited to get this up and running. And this podcast is going to range from anything from daily fantasy sports, which I specialize in. I specialize in the NFL and PGA as far as daily fantasy sports go. So come here expecting to hear like the best value plays, roster percentage reports, and things of that nature each week to help you cash and fill your pockets with cash. Um, I'm all about helping you guys out, winning some money on DraftKings. So that's what I'm expecting to do. This podcast is going to have a bunch of different things. I'm from Wisconsin. I'm all about Wisconsin, and it's all about Wisconsin sports. So Packers, Brewers, Bucks, and just pretty much anything sports general, but it's going to be mainly Wisconsin sports, and I'm going to talk about them extensively. And that's just what we do. You know, I'll have friends over. We'll all be on here. We'll be yucking it up. We'll have a couple segments where we're just talking about random sports stuff, and we'll record it. It's going to be good stuff raw content that we're just going to go and have some fun with and see where this thing takes us so each and every week i will have a hunting and fishing report i have a couple guys that i can talk to professionals in that industry that will come on give their insights tips tricks so you guys can land some big fish Uh, if you're looking for big fish where the bluegills are panfish are and bass fishing all that other stuff We'll have you guys covered as far as equipment, rods, all that stuff. We'll have you covered for a segment each week on that. That's going to be awesome. I'm really excited about that. And then also, I will have a betting a betting segment. So I love to throw some money around and get into the betting game. Please remember to bet responsibly. But I really do hope to line your pockets with some cash. Uh, listen to this podcast. Get some information. Get excited about it. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at RIGC Pinseeker. We, my name on there is also Daily Doug. So you can follow me on there. Shoot me some tweets. Retweet a bunch of stuff. It's going to be exciting. New exciting time. So bear with me for this first couple episodes. Maybe I'm trying to get used to this equipment and how everything works here. But stay with me. I'm excited about it. Can't wait to have you guys on. And I'll see you guys around for sure. Let me know what you think and drop a like, hit subscribe. It's going to be awesome. Can't wait to get started. Here we go. So I thought, uh, you know, start off this podcast talking a little bit about myself and why are you guys just tuning in to me? You know, you get to know me a little bit, where I'm from, what I kind of do. And so this is the time where I'm just going to tell you basically what I grew up doing and what I'm doing now. So my name is Doug, and I grew up in a town north of Green Bay, about 30 minutes. And I grew up, you know, playing sports all the time. And growing up in the summer, you'd go to the kid, you know, the house with the most bikes. And that's where the game of sports, that's where the game of football broke out. That's where the baseball game broke out or even, you know, driveway basketball broke out. And that's kind of what we did. We always, you know, we're at the place with the most bikes and played sports all the time. And we did that growing up every summer. We had a big group of guys that would always go out and play and we'd compete and we compete hard and it mattered. Like anything mattered. It wasn't just play just to have fun. It was fun, but we competed and that's today, I think it's just a loss. That's a loss art, that opportunity to compete. People just take for granted and they just don't do it. They just do everything, go through the motions. And that's just not what we did. We always competed hard. We always wanted to win. And so that's the, my personality. I go at things hard. I go at things to win. And it stuck through me the rest of my life. Uh, in high school, uh, I played four different sports. I ran, I played basketball. And then I ran, I golfed and I ran in the spring. I received 12 varsity letters and I qualified for state and cross country my senior year. And I won the conference golf tournament my senior year as well. I went to school up at Michigan Tech where I studied civil engineering. I ran on the cross country team up there for about a year. 
I got injured and my knees just weren't handling it anymore. And that's when I just decided to say, this just isn't for me anymore. Um, I just can't run anymore. So that's why I bike now. And then my sports knowledge goes back a long way. Back when I was in seventh grade, I started working for Woody Wilson. I would work the little kids camp in the morning and play in the afternoon camp at night. And I would work that all summer long. I'd go to about six, seven camps a summer and I'd work a little camp and play with the high school kids when I was in seventh grade. It was a blast. I absolutely enjoyed doing it. Once I got out of high school, I started working for him full time and I travel all over the state. I go to Osceola, I go up to Luxburg, Casco, Surgeon Bay area, run the camps up there with him. Uh, we go down to Racine, run the camps down there. So I was all over with this guy and he's just a breath of knowledge. Woody Wilson was the best uh, fundamental coach that I know to this day. And that's why he is in the Coaches Hall of Fame. The guy was a legend. So I got a lot of my basketball knowledge. Um, I see the game differently than I think most. And I can give good insights on the game of basketball. And I will do that throughout this podcast as well. And then I coached uh, up in O'Connell Falls for seven years. I was the JV coach up there. And then I coached two years. Uh, I was assistant varsity coach for two years. I do coach girls golf. This is my second year doing that. Uh, it's awesome. I absolutely love coaching golf um, so much. So, and I love giving back to this community that I'm in that I did start a youth golf program at the local golf course in town here. And it started off with 35 kids in it. And it's a six week program that takes, you know, kids on a journey of, you know, life skills, you know, how, you know, teaching life skills through the game of golf. And I do that and I teach kids to swing and we're in year three of that right now. And we're up over a hundred kids and uh, that is just awesome. It's a great thing for this community. I absolutely love doing that. Um, teaching kids the game of golf is just, it's rewarding. You can see improvements and especially in golf. I mean, in golf, you start out and you're shooting like sixties, you know, seventies, uh, per nine holes. And then you can see the big jumps once things start to click those 60s and 70s can turn into 40s and 50s. And that's why I love that game. You can see the improvement happens. And then the major improvement comes when they start, you know, getting below that 50 range from 45 to, you know, 38 or whatever it ends up being. That's when you can really work on the finer details and, you know, groom some golf games. And I look forward to doing that. I'm going to continue to do that for as long as I can. Um, and so, being that background in sports is why I got into this. Why did I want to do this podcasting? Um, I run a fantasy football league. It's a daily fantasy football league. It goes through the whole season long. There's 50 people in the league. Once again, the league started out with about 25. It's up to 50 now. I've been running this league for six years, and it's gotten better and better each and every year. And the more research you have to do to compete in this league has increased. People are getting better. People know what's going on every day. There's so much information out there to go get. Um, there's YouTube videos to watch. And people kind of come up with this stuff, and you put together your lineups and go from there. So why is my information better? Well, I'll tell you why. Well, I did take second in the league this year, and I put in the most work each and every week on my lineup. Um, the second place was totally my fault. I had a big lead going into uh, the last two games of week 18, uh, the Rams-Seattle game, and then the Packers-Lions game. I was attending the Packers-Lions game, and I arrived to shoots before the Seattle game, and I didn't switch out my lineups. I had a big lead. I know I should have pivoted to a couple guys on the Packers-Lions game. That would have secured my win because it would have matched the guys in second. Um you obviously don't know what that person has, but when you're from Wisconsin, you know the people that are in your league, you know. You know what they're going to put on there, and I just failed to do that. But the beer was good. Um, I settled for second, and it's just kind of how that went. And the reason why I got into this is each and every week during the football season, I do a weekly fantasy football segment on the local radio show, the sports radio station here in Green Bay. 
um, 107.5 The Fan, WDUC. I go on there and I talk for 15 minutes and give like my best pick of the week, the must-haves, any value plays, any sleepers. And then I just give insight on game scripts and players I think are going to go off. And each and every week I did that. Well, throughout the 16 weeks regular season of my league, I averaged 147 points. I cashed in 11 of the 16 weeks. I was above the cash threshold in 50-50s, and I lined my pocketbooks with it. And it worked out. Um, my methods were working, and I had a really good year this year uh, with my daily fantasy sports. And I specialize in cash lineups. I do like the cash lineups over the GPPs, but if you are going in GPPs, I just, you know, I stress roster percentage and get got into a bunch of that stuff this year as well. So that's why I'm doing this. And the other reason is every Monday and Thursday, I have people at my house and I have a couple guys come over and we watch the football games and we talk and we have great conversations. And so many times as we're having these conversations, we're like, yeah, we should really be recording this. Oh man, that's good podcast material. So now we don't have an excuse. Uh, they're going to come over and there's going to be segments in this podcast throughout the years that we do this, where there's just going to be random segments of guys talking um, and watching a game and the conversations that we have. It's going to be funny. It's going to be, I don't know if it's going to be vulgar or not. We'll try to keep it pretty clean, but that's just how it's going to be. We love sports. The guys I have over love sports. I love sports tremendously. So we're going to do our best each and every week. I'm going to do my best to put out good content, give you guys the knowledge that you guys can line your pocketbooks with. I do like betting. I get into betting. Um, I will put out six bets each week that I think that will be the absolute locks. Uh, We'll go from there. I'll keep my tallies. I'll let you know how we're doing. You guys can bet along with me if you want to tail me. That's fine. Uh, You can follow me at R-I-G-C underscore Pinseeker on twitter i'm on there quite a bit i have a little hot take action on there i'll put my bets on there you guys can follow along there listen to them here and just hopefully you guys can line your pockets with me uh let's all get rich together it's going to be a great thing i'm super excited about this and you know i'm excited to see where this takes me so you guys enjoy i hope you guys enjoy this podcast and we'll just keep it rolling on to the next topic All right, this is the DFS portion of the Daily Doug, and we are going to start out with some PGA Tour. Uh, this tournament at Torrey Pines starts on Wednesday and ends on a Saturday. The only one that does it all here. So let's get to it. Uh, this course is played the qualifying first two rounds of this course. You'll be playing one at the north course, one at the south course. And they're two different types of courses. The south course is the hard one. It's the one that plays long. Uh the South Course, 7,700 yards they're playing this at. Last year, it averaged 1.3 strokes over par. And the North Course, playing at 7,200, it's the easier of the two, and it played 3.5 under par. So who's going to get the good draw? Who's not going to get the good draw? We don't really know, uh, but we don't know which draw is going to be good, what one's going to be bad. But chances are, this course, if you are off the fairway, uh, on that south on that south course, if you're off the fairway and you're behind a couple trees or you're just on the wrong side of a couple things, it can be a long day and a lot of missed cuts. Some big players will miss the cut. Some guys that you think are for sure will miss the cut just simply because they're on the wrong side of a couple bad breaks. And that course will easily compound it and you'll just have some missed cuts. So don't be alarmed at some of the guys this week. Don't be alarmed if you see their history. Don't really... I mean, sometimes in their history, they're going to have like, oh, T-third, T-25, oh, miscut, miscut, miscut. Well, that's just, that's the nature of this course. So this course can get you and it's not easy. So another difference about these two courses, the North course, they have bent grass greens. Okay. The South course is what they have called Poana greens. And if you are not familiar with Poana grass, it is very bumpy. They don't roll as true as the bent or Bermuda greens. Um, it's it's an awesome, 
I like it because it reminds me of my home course. You know, things can be a little bumpy here and there. Um, but, hey, Buena Greens, they take a lot of patience to putt, and the good putters can putt on it. And so you want to pick guys this week in your lineups that have uh, experience with Buena Greens, putt well on them. I can name a few. I will name a few here in a little bit. Uh, the rough this week is going to be three and a half inches long, and it's been extremely wet in SoCal. January, five and a half inches of rain. I mean, that's the most rain I think they've had since 2016. So expect expect long irons into greens. A lot of long irons. So take the guys that hit long irons well, like Will Zelatoris, John Rahm, those kind of guys. And we'll dive into this here in a little bit. In fact, let's dive into it right now. And we're going to have to start with John Rahm this week. This guy has just been remarkable. I haven't seen a run like this in a while. Uh, he, he's the highest on DraftKings so far this year at 11,600. It's tough to fit him in some lineups. So he's going to be highly owned. But if you have him, you have him. If you don't, you don't. I think you need him. Um, but as we go through this, I'll tell you why you don't. But John Rahm has just been remarkable. He loves, loves Torrey Pine. He got his first PGA Tour win at Torrey Pines. He's won U.S. Open at Torrey Pines. He proposed to his wife at Torrey Pines. So if you're comfortable at a place enough to propose to your wife, I think you're going to have, I don't know, you're going to play well there. I'm sorry, you just are if you're that comfortable at a place. His worst finish here is a T29, and everything else is T7 or better with two wins. So you got to love John Ron this week. He's a long ball hitter. He's great with his long irons, and he's relatively accurate with his driver. He might be long, um, but he is accurate, and it's going to play in his favor all week long, and he putts really well on a point of greens. He isn't the best one out of who I'm going to mention today, but he puts well. He's a top five putter on point of green. So you add up all those intangibles, his comfortability, his familiarity with the course, his history of the course. Uh, you can't go wrong if you have him in your lineup. If you want to pay up for him, I'm not going to knock you for that whatsoever. Another option, though, too, if you want to kind of stay away from him and that big salary, you can go to Tony Fino. He is $10,500. And, you know, he's drives the ball 308 yards is his average it's up five yards from last year so he's doing something right uh he he's very accurate he's well good iron hitter and he putts well so tony fino is not a bad play this week a guy i'm a little leery of would be like morikawa this week he just doesn't hit the ball far and if he's in the rough at all if he's not in the fairway which is what he's really good at is hitting fairways but if he is not hitting fairways he's he's going to miss the cut. And it's pretty much that simple with him. He's not going to be a guy that can get off fairway, muscle his way up near the green, get up and down. And that's his game is hitting fairways and being accurate with his approaches. And he, I think he's going to struggle this week. He's been playing well, but I'm just staying away from him this week, especially for that price. Um, going down a little bit into the $9,000 range, I absolutely love Will Zalatoris this week. He's going to be popular. Uh, last week, last year he had the runner-up here, and he has two T7s as well, and he just hits his long irons so well. And he's just you, there's a lot to say about that. This guy, he has missed cuts. I think he missed cuts back in 2018. He missed the cut here, but he's he's a different player than what he was there. I absolutely love Will Zalatoris. I have him in my uh, cash lineups this week. He's he's one of the guys you got to have. Um, I'm going to stay away from Justin Thomas. Now, this guy would be a good GPP tournament pick. Like, if you're going to pick him in tournaments, I don't think he's going to be that highly owned. He is a popular player, so he's going to get his ownership. But I don't think he's going to be highly owned as most people think. He's been so sporadic with his driver. Uh, it's been everywhere. But he does hit the ball far, and if he is on, he will have a shot. Uh, you can take that chance with him, but his approach shots have been his main concern. Since his last victory, he has been tour average with his approach, 
and tour average with approach shots at Torrey Pines is not going to get it done. And so I'm definitely staying away from Justin Thomas. Uh, I don't, I don't even know if I'll pay him in GPPs, maybe a couple lineups or two, but uh, that's about it. So then you have Taylor Montgomery. Now this guy has been phenomenal lately. He has been absolutely phenomenal and he's 9,200 and he's just been Mr. Consistency. His last four tournaments, or let's just go this. Let's do his last six turn, seven tournaments. He has a tie for fifth, a 12th, a 15th, a 57th, a 10th, a 13th, a 15th, a 9th, a 3rd. I mean, this guy has just been unbelievable when he's been playing. So he's 9,200, and he is a far cry from like those top guys at like Tony Finau and and John Rom. So if you wanted to like double up with the Zalatoris or Montgomery this week, that'd be a good play. I don't have room in my current lineup for both of them, but I do like them this week for sure. And then I'm going down my list here and I get down below the nine K's and I see Jason day at 8,800. And I'm thinking, why is this guy so underpriced? He has five top 21 finishes in his last six starts. He's playing well and he's coming into Torrey Pines where he has a tie, you know, T3 last year and two wins at this event. So why is he only 8,800? I have no idea. He does have a couple of missed cuts, but like I said in the opener, like if you're on a couple side of wrong side of a couple, you know, bounces, bad breaks here, you're going to miss a cut and that South course will just end up getting you. It's not uncommon to see this in players history at this course. So I like Jason day. So as I, as I filter through these AK guys, I like Maverick McNeely this week. He puts well in Poana greens and that's why I like him. He's $8,600. He's made six of his last seven cuts and he's had a, he had a tie for seventh at the Sony. Uh, the guy has just been playing well as well. Uh, you can't, you can't go wrong guys that are consistent and especially guys that can get put on Poana greens are going to be guys you need in your lineups this week. Uh, JJ spawn, another very consistent guy tied for 15th or better in five of his last seven starts. He hasn't missed a cut yet this year. Now he doesn't hit the ball very far. I mean, he's averaging 294 yards. Uh, the tour average is 298. So, but he makes up with it with his short game. He has a great short game, and that'll keep him alive. And the guy's been so consistent. He's another one that you really have to consider this week. And keep going down the 8K range. I can't even believe this guy's name is on there. And that would be Luke Liss. I mean, the fact he's 8K is a joke. There's no reason for it. Yes, he won this tournament last year, but he has missed the cut in almost half of his tournaments since then. And he just has been playing very well. And the fact he's 8K is strictly based off the merit that he won last uh, last year. But I don't expect him to repeat by any means. And even in like GPPs, if you were to take him in GPPs, I mean, I think you're just throwing money away. So I'd stay away from Luke List this week at all costs. And then I'm going down even more. And my boy, Thomas Dietrich, is down in the 7K range, 7,600 for this man. And he's has six top 26 finishes in his last seven starts and he hits the ball a mile the guy can hit it he's averaging 315 yards this year driving and he's playing well and the fact that he's this cheap and playing this well is crazy the fact he's less than luke liss is crazy i mean his last four starts going back to october tie 26 a 13th a 15th and a second so he's playing awesome i really like Dietrich this week taylor Taylor Pendrith is another guy who hits the ball very far, a little more sporadic. <clears throat> and you just don't know kind of what you're going to get with him. You know he's going to hit it far. And if he's on the right side of some of these bounces, he will be there. He makes a lot of birdies. I like Taylor this week. Another guy to consider in that 7K range. If, you, if, if you're up with John Rahm this week, you're going to need some of these guys. And these are two guys that hit the ball well and are playing pretty well. Nick Hardy, another guy. Hits the ball a mile, just not accurate. He's a good approach player, so that'll save him. And especially with these long approach shots, like I said earlier, long irons, approach irons, if you're good with that, you can you can score here. And even though his driver is everywhere, 
he's a good approach player. So I do like him this week. Now, am I going to have all three of these guys in my lineup? No, I'm not. In fact, I only have one of them in my lineup. And you can even go with like a Ben Griffin at this range as well. Now, this guy is, he's good. He, I mean, he's way above where he's been priced. Uh, you'll get like, if you were to bet on him, like a stock market, I mean, his, his stock would be on the uprising right now. He was bought really low this year. And right now he's on the rise. So Ben Griffin is another guy that's okay. I mean, I'll have some of him in some of my tournaments this week because I mean, why not? So keep going down the list, the 6K range. If you really want anybody in this range, you can go with like a Kevin Yu or Eric Cole. Kevin Yu makes tons of birdies. Uh, he just, I mean, but he also makes twice as many bogeys as he does birdies. So if he manages to limit the bogeys this week and can make a cut, you have a guy that's going to have a ton of circles on his card and he's going to make a bunch of birdies. So guys like that, you can take a stab at, especially if John Rahm is in your lineup, you're going to need a couple of these lower owned guys, these cheap guys that you can just rely on. Uh, I went a little bit more conservative. Like I said, I do like my cash lineups. I'm more of a cash lineup type player. Uh, you have Adam Hadwin. The guy's made all six of his cuts this year, two top tens. He was expected to do really well last year or last week. I'm sorry. And he, he didn't win. Everybody's like disappointed. I'm like, well, yeah, he was projected to do that, but he still had a T18. I mean, he had 24 birdies. I mean, that's playing, that's playing golf. I don't care who you are. I mean, you have 24 birdies and 44 pars and four bogeys. Uh, sign me up for that guy. Okay. And he's only 8,200. So I expect him to do well. He's been playing very well. He hasn't had a, a finish in his last six starts. He hasn't been above 50th place, 49th back in October. So Adam Hadwin is a guy that you'll have in your lineup. He'll make some cuts. He'll make the cut. And you can just go on and live with whatever he gets. Hopefully he makes 24 birdies again like he did. I don't think that's going to happen, but you never know. And another guy that I do like, he's 7,300. And I only have him in my lineup right now because he is very good at putting on these type, this type of green. And that would be Patrick Rogers. Uh, if you can get some long shot betting with him, take it. I do like him. If you want some top 10 betting with him, I'll check the odds on that. Uh, here in a little bit, but I do like Patrick Rogers. He's a good putter. He's a good putter on this type of greens. He's made seven of his last nine cuts, and he has two top tens. So for seventy three hundred, that's also a great price. Uh, so my lineup right now that I have in cash. If you want to tail, you can. If you want to follow along with me, you can. If you want to enter this in some lineups, you can. I'm all for it. I like these in 50-50s. I play a lot of 50-50s. I try to stay away from head-to-heads. 50-50s are where you can kind of build your bank rolls and get up, you know, line your line your pockets a little bit before you start taking some stabs at some big tournaments uh, that don't always hit. Your probability of hitting in a tournament isn't nearly as high as hitting in these 50-50s. So my lineup right now goes Thomas Dietrich, Adam Hadwin, Maverick McNeely, Patrick Rogers, JJ Spawn, and Will Zalatoris. This is bunch of guys that can putt on these type of greens are a bunch of long hitters and we'll you know we'll place with this for sure let me know what you guys think uh follow me at rigc underscore pin seeker give me your thoughts uh if you guys cash this week it with this lineup screen capture it show me you cash uh give me a couple likes let's build this repertoire and we'll just keep on making money all year sound like a deal uh, that's it for this week's that's it for this week's DFS PGA Tour golf all right and we're back and now we're switching to football DFS on DraftKings here and once again I'm going to be putting together a cash lineup for this week's slates we are down to four teams in the NFL and man are they good teams I mean, we in the NFC, we have San Francisco and Philly. AFC, we have Cincinnati and Kansas City. All prolific offenses. Well, 
I mean, even San Francisco, you can say they are because they've been averaging over 30 points with Brock Purdy as their quarterback. So the, I mean, both offenses, all offenses are ready. Offenses are ready to smash. It's going to be an exciting weekend. I'm excited about it. And let's just get started. Let's dive into this here right now. And at quarterback, I can't see playing anybody else besides Joe Burrow. I mean, his value this week, he's only 6,800 on DraftKings for whatever reason. And that projects to be about 3.8 points per $1,000. And this guy's in his third year, and he is mature. He's got that cockiness to him. He's got that edge to him, throws no-look passes. I mean, they always talk about Mahomes throwing no-looks, but this guy just does it better. I absolutely love Joe Burrow. I love everything he's about right now. He's got that edge to him. Uh, and he just like the I don't give a fuck attitude. And I absolutely love that about Jer- Joe Burrow right now. Last week, he went for 242, two touchdowns. He threw it 36 times in a snow game. So they are not afraid to throw the ball. At one point, I think he hit like eight different receivers uh, in the first half. So he spreads it around, which can be tricky at times. But he has such good players around him. I think he's easier to stack and easier to hit with than a Patrick Mahomes, who you absolutely have no idea who he's going to throw the ball to. And his best wide receiver could be McKinnon. And who knows who else? And that's kind of why I like Joe Burrow. His his options are just better. Uh, the only other object option I can see playing in a cash lineup would be Brock Purdy at the 5,300. His value is there for that. And he's been finding Kittle and Debo Samuel a lot. So I'm just afraid with him if Burrow goes off that you'll be behind the field tremendously if, if any one of these other – quarterbacks go off which they all have potential Mahomes has potential to go off and so does Jalen Hurts so Brock Purdy if he doesn't you're behind 15 to 20 points at the get-go and in a cash lineup that can kill you so I I like Joe Burrow this week I'm going to insert him in my lineup and I'm going to live with it ride and die with that guy um and now we're going to just go on to running backs because obviously there isn't much to talk about with uh with this position uh joe mixon he's 6500 which is really low price he had 20 carries last week for 105 yards and a touchdown uh he's projected uh 3.1 points per one thousand dollars of the salary so you're looking right around 20 points for him i absolutely like him this week i'm not i don't have him in my lineup because i paid up at the wide receiver position and i went with Instead of Mixon, I went with Pacheco. He's 5,300. Last week, he had 12 rushes for 95 yards, one reception for six yards. And if Mahomes is hurt or hindered at all, he's going to get carries. I just hope that, one, if you're going to get 95 yards, you might as well get the next five and get the three-point bonus. But I just hope his volume's there. And it seems to be it seems to be there. I just, I don't know. His last five games, his attempts... You just, it's 12, 8, 9, 14, 15, 13. That seems right in his wheelhouse. That 12 carries for 95 yards. He only had one target. Um, that's concerning, but for that price, I'm riding with him. And I hope he gets another, you know, 12 carries for 100 yards this time and throwing a touchdown on top of that as well. Uh, at that same position, Samaji Pirine is where I'm going. The guy gets a lot of targets. He had six or five targets, five catches last week, and then he's only 4,500 bucks. And just that alone, you sprinkle in seven rushes for 33 yards. The guy gets in the end zone at all. He's a boom. He's got that flame next to him. And you can't go wrong with him at that price this week. It just helps you save up for this wide receiver position that I'm about to get to here. And why not just jump right into that as well? Jamar Chase. I am stacking Joe Burrow with Jamar Chase. And last week he had five receptions, 61 yards, one touchdown on eight targets. Now that eight target performance is his lowest target performance since he came back from his injury. So we are usually looking at 12 targets, 14 targets. He had 15 the week he came back, but 12 to 13 targets is right where he's at uh, weekly. And he's right around that 80 yard mark and a touchdown. Uh, He's scored in his last three games. He's scored in five of his last seven games. Uh, That's not including week 17. So, I mean, 
the guy has been remarkable. You got to go to him. He's got that big boom potential. Yes, he'll be highly owned, but in a cash game, it's okay. We don't mind that at all. And the next guy now that I'm going to is Devontae Smith. Now, this guy has been insane. Who do you go with? Devontae Smith or do you go with A.J. Brown? Right, it's it's one of those two that you have to pick between. But AJ Brown has a little hip injury, and those hip injuries, any little tweak can just send him out for the remainder of the game. I don't like that injury, especially those hip pointers are painful. Uh, Devonta Smith is where I'm going this week. Six receptions for 61 yards on 10 targets. Now, at the end of the regular season, he was hot, man. This guy was on fire. Weeks 13 through 17, he had over 100 yards, all except for one game. And he had five TDs in those weeks. So he's getting it. He's getting it done. He's getting to his projections. And his targets are just stupid. I mean, 13, 12, 8, 8. So his efficiency is downright awesome. So I like that. And his, he's had over 10 targets in three of his last four games that he's played. I love the volume there. Volume's king when you come to this stuff. I absolutely love the volume there. Uh, the other wide receiver, I got to save a little bit of money here. The other wide receiver I'm looking at is Brandon Ayuk. Last week, actually, you know, he hasn't had a big week since week 17. The playoffs have been kind of, you know, duds, but he had two receptions, 26 yards on four targets. That's his lowest number of targets since week 15. Um, was he used? I just don't think that game, that game script was for Brandon Ayuk. They decided to run the ball that whole second half and jam it down their throat. Now, if Philly jumps out to the lead, which I don't really see happening, but if they do, Ayuk's going to be a part of the equation to get them back in it. So Debo Samuel, you can try to get up to him. He's going to be tough to. Everything kind of just funnels me right now to Ayuk, and that's what I'm going to live with. At the tight end position, I mean – it's Travis Kelsey, right? You have to have Travis Kelsey. He had an insane amount of targets last week. He had 17 targets, 14 receptions, 98 yards, and two touchdowns. That Once again, two yards short of that bonus. It seems like that happens more times than not, but 35 points. Um, is he worth 7800 bucks? Well, I don't know. If you were to pay for a wide receiver 7800 bucks and expect 17 targets, would you take it? I mean, that's the question I'm really asking here because 17 targets is insane. Uh, he's been, he's always right around seven, eight, ten targets. I mean, you can't go wrong for that price. It's like a wide receiver. Expect them to be a wide receiver. But the only problem is there's so many guys on that roster that can go off. Well, not even can go off. They're just all mediocre, but Mahomes spreads it around. He loves Kelsey. Bengals take away Kelsey. Who's he going to go to? And that's where in my flex position, I like uh, Tony. He also has been getting some rushing yards. He had another rush last week. So he does add that dynamic around the goal line. I do like, you know, a jet sweep or something to him and he might fall forward for a touchdown. So he's definitely worth that 3,700 in that wide receiver spot or flex spot. Um, but Travis Kelsey, I like this week. I like him more in tournaments though. Not so much in the cash plays In the cash plays. There's, I mean, this week, tight end, pick one, right? We have four great ones, Hayden Hurst, Dallas Goddard, Kittle, and Kelsey. I'm going with Goddard this week. I like him um, simply because I don't have A.J. Brown. So if I have Devonta Smith and Dallas Goddard, I should be able to get a touchdown between those two. So that's who I'm going with, Dallas Goddard. The guy is getting his targets. He had five receptions for 58 yards and a touchdown on five targets last week. Uh, he had seven targets in the game before that and six the game before that. So he's going to be right around that five, six receptions and 60-yard mark. And if he gets in a, the end zone, it's a plus. So sign me up for him this week. Uh, he's he's Hurst's boy. He was all season. And he, he seems like he's always getting the ball in big-time spots. And now for the defense, I don't even like talking about defense, but I'm going with the lowest one. And that happens to be the Bengals who blitz the shit out of Buffalo. 
and Buffalo had no answers for it. And all of a sudden that front four for the Bengals has become tough and reliant and getting to the quarterback. So if Mahomes can't run and he's not as mobile, he's going to have to throw the ball. I like teams that chuck the ball in the air and that just allows for more interceptions, more sacks, and therefore more scoring for the Bengals. Now, could this bite me in the butt? I really don't think so. I don't think Kansas City's going to put up 30 points. I don't intend for them to. I think the Bengals will. I believe the Bengals win this game, even though they are, I believe, dogs at the moment. But I like the Bengals at that defense. It saves you all the money you want. You can pay up elsewhere and, you know, live with that decision for sure. Uh, and then in my flex, I have some money left over. I have 200 bucks left over in my lineup. And so I inserted Christian McCaffrey in my flex. Um, he's hurt. He has a calf injury. Elijah Mitchell has a growing injury, groin injury. So who do you really go with? Are they lying? Are they just resting? Um, what's going to happen there is Elijah Mitchell going to take first and second down over. And then uh, McCaffrey just comes in on third downs like he did at the end of that last game, which can kill you. If that happens, you're in a world of hurt, but I don't think it's going to, I think he's going to get right back to his 26 uh, touches and he's going to go for his hundred yards rushing in this game. Uh, Philly does have a tough defense, but I'm not too worried about it. I just am not worried about that. Christian McCaffrey is a one-of-a-kind talent, and he had six receptions last week on eight targets. Targets are key. Volume is key. He's the king of volume when you think about running back position. So I like Christian McCaffrey this week as well in my cash lineup. So my cash lineup, if you're following along with me right now, I have Joe Burrow at the quarterback. I have Isaiah Pacheco at running back, Samaji Pirine at running back, Wide receiver, I have Brendan Ayuk, Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, tight end Dallas Goddard. In my flex position, I have Christian McCaffrey and the Bengals defense. $200 left over. This is obviously dependent on McCaffrey's injury and more information that I can get on that. Um, but this is my cash lineup. Uh, enter this into the 50-50s. If you guys end up winning, uh, let me know. Screen capture, follow along. Tweet at me at R-I-G-C underscore Pinseeker. And, you know, let's let's all win some money together. And now I'm going to switch gears a little bit here to uh, tournament lineups. And these, you need to find people that are less owned, that you'll be less owned, that can go off. The boom bust probability. And for my tournament team, for my tournament team, I like Jalen Hurts. If he can get outside and start running, uh, San Francisco has tough linebackers. They're fast, but I do like his touchdown, rushing touchdown ability. Jalen Hurts, I think he'll get there. And this year, he's been a fantasy workhorse. 23 points last week, and he just half-assed it out there because it blew out the other, you know, the Giants so bad. In week 18, it really doesn't count because they didn't care. And week 15, he had 39 points, 14, 30 points. Week 13, 37. Week 12, 32. Week 11, 25. So this guy is getting it done through the air, and he's getting it done on the ground. Like It's unbelievable how, how many 17 rushes for 61 yards. Last week he had nine rushes for 34 yards, nine rushes for 13 yards in week 18. Like I said, that one really doesn't count. His shoulder injury, does that you know scare me a little bit? Maybe. But... I don't think so. It's the playoffs and it's the NFC championship. I expect him to hit the ground running and get in the end zone. I'm going to pair him with AJ Brown. I'm watching his injury, but in tournaments, that stack, I believe, is going to be lower owned than the Jamar Chase Burrow stack, Jamar Chase Higgins stack. Uh, I can gain some leverage on the field with that. I have Brandon Ayuk in there as well. I have Pacheco. And Mixon is my running back. He had 20 rushes for 100 yards last week. I do like Mixon in the tournament lineup. He's a safe play. Uh, he could be highly owned, highly owned, but his value is too good at that price. Um, going down to that tight end position, I have Travis Kelsey. So I believe that he's not going to be as owned as Dallas Goddard or Kittles. 
and he could, you know, just go off. And if he is highly owned, which I haven't looked at those projections, and those numbers haven't come out yet, the roster percentages, if he is highly owned, I might pivot off it, but I think he's just a safe bet in that spot. Like I said, 17 targets, 7,800 bucks. I love that volume for that guy. And then the guy that I think will be lower owned, 3,700, Tony. Darius Tony, Kansas City. And this guy had seven targets last week, five receptions for 36 yards. Uh, like I said, he has that rushing attempt. He has eight attempts on the year for 96 yards and a touchdown. So I do like him. I think that he can get that rushing touchdown on the goal line, like I mentioned before. And then also I'm going with that Bengals defense. Uh, again, I have 400 bucks left over. I might play with this a little bit here and see where I can go up and down depending on some injury statuses. But that's my tournament lineup, and I hope that hits. If you want to enter that along, let me know. All right, and welcome back to the Daily Doug. We are switching gears here. And we are going out in the woods here, and we have a segment every time, every week we'll have this segment. Uh, it's called Jumping the String. And this reason why, if you don't know what jumping the string is, it's when a deer, after you shoot it with the bow, after you shoot at it with the bow, it gets a little head start on you. It might duck your arrow. Uh, here's that vibration. So pretty much it gets a head start on it. And basically that's what we're trying to do to the deer back. Uh, that's where we got this name from, Jumping the String is the name of this segment. Um, I have a special guest on. Jared is my guy that I go to for hunting gossip, hints, ideas, what to do uh, with my land, anything of that nature, um, to go around to get white-tailed deer. White-tailed deer is king in the state of Wisconsin. Everybody eats, sleeps, breathes white-tailed deer. Uh, it's definitely my passion. I love hunting. Uh, outside of fantasy sports and, and sports, I, I hunt. So I absolutely love this stuff. Uh, in Wisconsin, it's January. It's January everywhere, but uh, the hunting season's <laughs> over right now. <laughs> the hunting season is over, and freezers are full. People either saw a lot of deer, didn't see a lot of deer. Uh, I myself saw plenty of deer. I harvested a nice year and a half old buck this year, and I'm pretty happy with it. I drained that thing a long ass way by myself, probably about a mile out of the woods. And, <laughs> yeah. there, and there's yeah, a lot did, of man. hills, a lot of hills to do that. I definitely add a beer or two after that, uh, a celebratory uh, blackberry brandy shots, which is a ritual around here, uh, a couple of fireball shots, and I got pretty hammered that night. And <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but now that the season's over, we really don't know what's going on. Um, Jared, tell us a little bit about yourself here and take a little bit of time here. Explain yourself, what you do, and I guess your passion for hunting and uh, what, what, what do you all put into a season? Yeah, first off, the, the fireball and black pear brandy hasn't stopped. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> but I am your cousin. <laughs> Definitely. So first, yep. So Doug and I grew up in the same town of Okano Falls. Um, really just outside like we used to make uh, uh, hunt our own hunting videos before the hunting channel got too popular <laughs> and we filled our filled my dad's uh, target buck full of BBs <laughs> with the BB guns but that's basically where Doug and I got the passion I grew up in an archery shop called Lena Swamp Archery shout out and um it's always been a passion of mine. Uh, I now full circle work for a trail camera company, Cuddyback Digital. And it's, trail cameras have always been my passion personally. So um, as Doug knows, <laughs> I run a lot of them. So um, yeah, right now it's, uh, it's uh, the downside of the, of the hunting season. <laughs> Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, we're trying to wrap up things, uh, find things, and I guess we'll start there. I mean, is there anything that we have to do with our hunting equipment, our stands, um, coming out of the woods? I mean, we haven't had a lot of snow, so you've been able to get into the woods and maybe take care of some of this stuff. But I guess, what are some things that you like to do with your equipment at this point in the year? Yeah, for sure. Uh, uh, I definitely 
Um, I try to when I take my cameras out. I don't like to bring them right to the inside because that way you go from really cold to a warm temperature. So moisture and electronics do not, they never mix. So try to like bring them in the garage and send them in there for a few days or whatever, and then bring them inside, take the batteries out, inventory, um, tree stands, probably should loosen them. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I don't do yeah. that. I, I, I haven't done that <laughs> I, I'm in sorry. about five I years. I try. I tried so hard to hold, hold it. <laughs> no, I, I just don't. I mean, my, my tree stand has grown into the tree to the point where I can't get it out unless yeah. that tree but comes I, out. I will say this to Doug's defense. I went to an outfitter hunt in Illinois, and there I, I sat in a ladder stand, and there were um, two or three inches into the tree you could see a, a other tree stand. So it's not just him. So, but, um, but yeah, loosen your, loosen the, um, the tree stands, check your straps, check the bolts because safety is number one. So that's the biggest thing I would say. But other than that, I mean, inventory, I mean, just go through like, Hey, make a list throughout the year too, like of what you need to do during this time of year. If you're not doing that in October, November, then, you're, you'll you'll never remember it. So yeah, yeah, you're ahead of the game if you have it now. Yeah. I mean, if you if you go through your stuff and you're checking off your stuff, you have it now. You're ahead of the game for sure. And then, I guess now that there is snow on the ground, is there any ways like if you didn't see a lot of deer, what's a good way that you can locate some right now? Yeah. So what I personally like to do is this is the one time of year that you can probably go through the woods without bumping target bucks or whatever. Um, maybe a little too early now, but either way, you can go through the outskirts of it. And you, I like to, with snow, what there is a little bit of snow, so you can mark where these deer there are going to be on like two or three trails for the most part. Like, and you'll see which ones are heavily used. I personally like to use a little bit of ribbon to mark it. So in summer, when you cannot see where that exact runway is, you know where it is next year that's what i personally like to do yeah that's an awesome idea um that's explains all the pink ribbons in the woods that we yeah are. yeah I mean. it's a little hard for uh <laughs> yeah. for, for, for tracking but it may use a different color ribbon <laughs> and and as it gets colder i mean and later on in the winter here uh deer begin to drop their horns and i guess what do you do with that? Is that a good way to locate where some of these big bucks might be roaming? Or I guess, how do you go about shed hunting? Like, why do people shed hunt? Well, shed hunting has been, now that's a new, like, fab. Now it's, it's very popular. Um, I'm not really good at it right now. But my dog likes birds. I try to get her to be a shed dog. It's tough. It's really, it's extremely hard. But what I like to do is focus on uh, hills that face, you know, south because deer like to lay on hills that or mounds or whatever it may be that face south so for warmth um that's a good thing and then also thermals if you if you're walking through the woods and you can feel the temperature rise in certain areas deer are going to be there that's what that's what's going to happen and um like i said it's it's a really good all in all it's actually just a really good thing to do i i don't want i don't know if i call it a sport but it's fun to do you can take your kids dogs whatever it may be yeah it keeps you in shape like it's like it's like snowshoeing but with a purpose yeah it's a good (laughs) mental health break you know Yeah, after my DFS team shit to bed, take a walk in the woods and go find an antler. Yeah, yeah, go take a walk, buddy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So as far as like deer go in the winter, uh, a lot of us plant food plots and take care of them over the course of the year. But what are they doing right now? Like, what are the deer hitting? What are they on? Uh, What What good is a food plot at this point in time? Yeah, I mean, right now it's it's Nebraska's, like the turnips, the radishes, all that stuff is fun. They're frozen, they're digging at it. Um, clover, they're not really going to hit right now. Grasses, they're not going to hit right now. They'll hit, they'll hit the stuff that gives them the most energy. Um, twigs, cedars, all that stuff, that's all beneficial. But if you can provide as much as you can um, through, you know, 
corn, like I said, corn's not always the best. We can't feed here in our county um, and a lot of counties in Wisconsin. But if you can feed, feed responsibly, you um, provide the nutrients they need. So, and if, if uh, you're feeding, they need certain nutrients. If they're not hitting it, don't be disgruntled. They, like they're just, they just need something else at that time. So you know more better than we do. So, um, but yeah. Great. And then I guess land development is, is key. And you read a lot of stuff about people, you know, planting food plots. You read people uh, planting different types of trees, apple trees, whatever else it is. Uh, what are some things you can't really plant right now in the winter, but what are some things that you can do to your land at this point in time to help uh, later? I think, I mean, I guess, how can you create like bedding areas? Like how, how yeah. what are some things to do in the winter? Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not an expert at that. You know, I, I'm involved with a lot of people from the industry that are really good at that stuff, but um, hinge cutting is another big trend. Um, but you got to make sure that you're smart about it. You can't just go down, the, you know, with the chainsaw and start cutting all the trees down. Um, look for oak trees. Don't cut those if the, if not needed. But the biggest thing I would recommend is spend the money. If you have land, spend the money to uh, get a good person in there that actually knows what they're doing. Because a lot of guys just go out there and just start cutting. And that's, I don't think that's the best way to do it. So, um, Yeah, what's, what's the advantage of hinge cutting? Like, what does it do? Hinge cutting will, will it will create undergrowth. It will create sun, you know, sun to the ground. You get the brush coming up, um, and then that creates the bedding. That's essentially like like Doug, as you know, like we hunt up my dad's land. It's umbrellaed really, 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 really bad. So eventually, like if I went and hinge cut that property, it would not be good because it's all mature maple trees. That's not going to help you. It's you need to in that case. Uh, selective cut throughout the woods versus hinge cutting you get these young you know like i don't know shit trees i guess you call them right um and th- that to thicken things up because deer like deer like you know well they'll eat that too know, in thick the stuff. yes yes yeah yes yes correct yes they'll awesome. do that and it's just it, they like barriers i should say like they just like thick and if you could if you have a wide open woods they can see a mile so, um, if you can thicken things up, they'll, they'll lay down, they'll stay, they'll stay put. Now it's really tough in Wisconsin because with everyone owning a 40, that's, right. that's, that's, it's tough because there's guys that are in Illinois, Iowa, you know, the big buck States that you have a hundred acres of bedding area. <laughs> like, is like, that, it, it, is that why people drink when they hunt? <laughs> yeah, I think that's why they drink in Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah. So I yeah. think it's why because it's so depressing. But yeah, but um, well, now that the, yeah, now that the land is done, Jared. I mean, we have all of our stuff kind of gone through and what things you can do out the woods. And now it's like, do what else do you do? Like, do you practice at this point in time? Is this a good time to start shooting your bow with it being this, so long between the season? Or? I think this is, I think this is the most important like time for people that hunt because a lot of guys put their bow in their case and then out in September, now we'll start shooting. That doesn't make you a better person or a better hunter, I should say. <laughs> but um, there are so many archery leagues that go on that you can improve it helps so much. I grew up doing that at the archery shop, you know, I worked out there since I was 12. And then, um, cause it is a sport, like you wouldn't just, I don't know. There's so many things that you can say. I, I wouldn't expect to shoot a basketball as good as I could if I just did, you know, two months of the year versus right. 12. two weeks before the season or maybe yeah, three yeah, arrows search- before you go out in the woods. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm good. You know, and I know crossbows are a thing now too, but, um, but if you're a compound shooter, join an archery league. Like it's a lot of fun. Doug, you and I, we grew up, you know, we're champs. Doing that man. Stuff. Yeah, we're eight o'clock fun. champs, and we've been Thursdays. Yeah, yeah, eight o'clock <laughs> Thursdays at Lena Swamp Archery. Great place, by the way. Definitely. Oh yeah, yep. That is a that is a free shout out. Yeah, yes. they do a lot of good, a lot of good stuff. And not just there. I mean, but throughout the community, those guys are always yeah. helping. Uh, yeah, they do, they do a nice job for sure. And then Jared, things got to be on sale, right? Like, how do we get more equipment? Like, is, so, there, so, is there places to go? 
yeah so for sure yeah there's a lot of like this this is the biggest time of year for uh consumer trade shows so the green bay deer classic the ohio deer classic illinois wisconsin dells wherever it may be there's i mean a lot of companies are blowing stuff out and a lot of times that like we are the vendor we go through a dealer whatever it may be there are a lot of good deals like trust me like this is a good time to pick up product um and just you know support all the all the companies in in, in the industry so all right man well hey thank you very much for your time uh how can people get a hold of you i guess what's your twitter at and yeah, um, yeah, I have I have a Twitter is Jrod twelve twenty two. I have about like you know two hundred followers, but <laughs> but yeah, we're yeah. building Ho- it. So hopefully the daily Doug can help you build that up. A yeah, little. that's what we're Come here for. There. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> next time we'll have a new topic. Uh, this should help you jump the string, right? I mean, get ahead. Yeah, of the I would game. hope so. You should be ahead of the deer just, right now. If by just listening at this, you already have a little bit of a leg up on the situation for next fall. So uh, <laughs> thanks, <laughs> thanks a lot for your time, man. Definitely can't wait till next week to hear a little bit more about what we can do. Uh, we'll think of a topic and we'll we'll hammer that out next week for sure, man. Hey, uh, right, buddy. what do you have? What do you have for the games this the football oh, games this weekend? Bang, Bengals Eagles, both cover. Yep. All right. All right. Next up is our betting segment. Stay tuned. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Jared. I'll get you. All right. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> yeah, all right. Better. <laughs> Bye. All right. Welcome back to the Daily Doug, and this is our betting segment. Um, sorry about that audio a little bit. Uh, I was a little soft in that. I didn't realize that until it was too late. And I'm not very good at editing this stuff yet. So that's how it was. But thanks for listening. Jared had some great stuff, and he had some good comments at the end. Bengals, Eagles. I think that the spreads are busted unless uh, Vegas knows something about officials or something that I don't. I think that they're busted. And Cincinnati is now a favorite by one and a half. I still think that's plenty good enough. Uh, I'm taking that. I'm going to take one unit on Cincinnati uh, to cover on the road minus one and a half. I absolutely love that bet. Joe Burrow is just too good right now. Mahomes is a little bit injured. Uh, that's why you've seen the spread move three points. So you got to like it. Got to like it. Um, and then I'm going with Philly. And this is a two-unit bet for me. I'm very confident in this one. Uh, Philadelphia, minus two and a half. This, let's be honest, this spread should be about four and a half. Uh, four and a half, five. I just think Philadelphia is going to win this. You have... Brock Purdy, who has no experience in this situation, Mr. Irrelevant. Yes, he has been playing good. I will give him that. He has been playing very good. But this is just too big of a moment. Uh, You have to see these people. You know, there's always like that process. In the NBA, there's always that process. You get there, you lose. You know, you get to a certain point, you lose. In Packers' situation, you just fucking lose. But these teams have to have that process. And Jalen Hurts, I think it's his time to break through in the NFC and get those Eagles to the Super Bowl. I two units, uh, Philadelphia minus two and a half. And now I'm going to switch over to a PGA bets here. I, I absolutely love Jason day this week. He is my bet. He's 25, 25 to one to win this thing. And I don't see why, why not bet that that's great odds. You're getting a good payout. He's, you know, five top 21s in his last six starts. He's playing well. He's, tied for third here last year and he's coming into his old self again so i like the jason day bet a 25 to 1 odds put a unit on that or however much you want but i love that bet his top 10 is uh two and a half to one odds so you can take that if you don't like betting winners and you just want top 10s a little safer bet you get paid two and a half two and a half to one for that and there's no doubt i i believe he's making the top 10 uh I also like Maverick McNeely this week. He's 35 to one, uh, same spot here. He's just a good putter on these, uh, on these greens. And he's been playing really well. Uh, once again, this guy ha- is hot right now. He's, I don't know. He's, he's made six of his set last seven cuts and he had a tie for seven last week. So there's no reason why he shouldn't be in contention this week. Uh, and he puts well here, uh, 35 to one. 
I'll take that. And if you want them just in the top 10, like I said, if you're a little more conservative, want a top 10, uh, 3.3 to one for a top 10. So I absolutely love that. And then a couple more bets here that I have rotating back to football. I love the Cincinnati team total over 24 and a half. Last time they played, they had 27 versus Kansas city. Uh, they're, this is really kind of a ballpark number here. This is a good, good line, but I believe that Cincinnati, they're hot right now. They're going to score over 24 and a half points. So one unit Cincinnati over 24 and a half points and switching to college basketball. There's only one that I like tomorrow. Uh, lines come out, you know, or I should say Wednesday. Lines come out the day of usually, and they they switch it. You might get them the day before, so it's going to be tough for me to do this. Uh, but the Wednesday line that I like the most is Houston minus nine over UCF. Houston's coming off of a loss to Temple, and I just don't think that they're the third team in the nation for a reason. They're going to bounce back. They're going to beat up on UCF, who plays well at home, and UCF is at home. Um, but I'm still taking Houston. They're going to roll here. I like it so much. I'm putting two units on it. So to recap what I have here, I have two units on Houston, minus nine over UCF. I have two units on Philadelphia, minus two and a half over San Francisco. One unit on Cincinnati over 24 and a half points team total. Uh, I have Maverick McNeely 35 to one to win and Jason Day 25 to one to win. So I hope you all take this into consideration. And I'm not an expert in betting, but I like to bet. Hopefully, you guys can ride these, tail these bets, make some money with me, get rich. Like I said, if you're winning, let me know. I love. Uh, the positive feedback if you're losing give me the middle finger uh i like that feedback too right so hopefully you guys can win bet responsibly don't bet your life savings on this stuff please and just have fun with it and watch these games it's going to be a great weekend with great football uh basketball tomorrow it gives you something to root for in a meaningless houston ucf game so have some fun with it watch some golf if you're not into golf i talk golf on this uh, if you're not in, maybe now that you have a little bit of money on it, you're going to watch Jason Day and Maverick McNeely go at it. So good luck. Uh, see you out there. If you see me out in the streets, say hi. Say, hey, you listen. Love the show. Hate the show. Give me some suggestions. I'm all for it. And that's going to wrap things up this week. Uh, thank you all once again for listening. And you can follow me. Holler at me at Twitter at R-I-G-C underscore pinseeker. Have a great week and good luck.